0: Welcome to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker, presented by Allen Electric. And
1: now, here's T.J. Walker. Hello, everybody. Happy Tuesday to you here on 1450 Sports Buzz. Last 30 minutes for U.K. basketball recruiting has been absolutely wild. Michael Mulder, I'm here live, I probably should start by saying that, in Vincennes, Indiana, at Vincennes University, VU. Uh, I covered Michael Mulder's commitment which happened about 30 minutes ago. He's going to join us on air, and maybe his coach as well, a little later on the show. I I was kind of surprised that I made it here for the start, Uh, but here I am. So he's going to join us later on the show. He committed, Juco shooting guard, shot around 47% from three. I think it's a very solid pickup by Kentucky, but in the meantime, while all that was happening, Chek Diallo, a five-star forward who I've been very high on, won the MVP at the McDonald's Grand Game, seemingly down to Kentucky and Kansas, picked Kansas today. It could have been a double do for Kentucky. Uh, the Kansas frontcourt now becomes incredibly loaded. I'm very curious how Bill Stuff's going to handle having that much talent and a lot of similar players, too. So we will talk all about that uh, later in the show today it should be a fun show trevor how are you i'm good tj i'm, I'm a little sad i, I sat here about one o'clock
0: getting ready to do a first segment on my own and had, had you know little, some some rants maybe ready for for the michael Motor decision and, and here i am getting bumped because uh you got on time
1: yeah i apologize i mean if you want a 15 minute segment trevor by all means i mean there's plenty that i can do
0: no, that's okay. I, I would love to have uh, your thoughts. I know you're going to be hopefully uh, being joined by Mulder shortly, and his coach, as you mentioned. But I also happen to notice uh, I got up early enough, one o'clock, I guess, early enough to uh, notice some uh, some little Twitter battles going on with yourself and uh, a former employee here at the station. And it did. Uh, while I want to take your side on almost everything, especially since we both have a love for cheesy biscuits. I do want to take somewhat take the side of my full form, uh, my fellow Louisville fan, when I say this is weird that that not this not the dismolder. And I know he's he's listening and joining you. I don't want him to think I'm dissing him, but for the last couple years, in Kentucky, does have two five stars in their back pocket from Briscoe and Scott Labissier, but it does just seem weird in the last five years to get excited over a junior college transfer coming to kentucky as a recruit and i don't know maybe it's me but i wonder if kentucky fans with this excitement are you having kind of Tubby smith recruiting flashbacks
1: stop and this is exactly <laughs> why rob jones was and that's who i got a twitter fight with and i'm not scared to say his name I'm but this is exactly this is exactly why uh, it's just silly they Kentucky right now is still likely going to end up with the number one recruiting class in the class of 2015. I mean, they're a player away from ending up the number one recruiting class. And I'm and I'm not, I'm not bashing the, the and I'm, junior it, college. They brought you, the,
0: Michael Mulder, I'm listen. All I you've seen him play more than me. We, I know three things about Michael Mulder. Six four. He's got a nice range, hitting 88 threes on over 40 percent. And he went to Vincennes College, which also produced Sean Marion and James Mcadoo. That's, I, I know, I know these things. As, other than that, I don't know much about him. So you would know more. you see more about him. But when you stand back and look at it from, an, from a perspective, whether it be a Louisville fan or anybody other than a Kentucky fan, when you've seen Kentucky ringing five-star, 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 and listen, I know you have two five-stars in the back pocket. I get it. And a four-star in Matthews already lined up. But it does just seem weird to see Kentucky fans get excited over Junior College, especially when you have so many holes to fill coming into this next year's roster. And right now, you still have several spots open. And as you mentioned, one of those big guys, a big man I think Kentucky needs to bring in still, went to Kansas today.
1: Yeah, losing Check Diallo. I'm not, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. That would have been huge for Kentucky. And, and but this Louisville fans and even some national people are acting like the sky is falling in Kentucky. It's still Trevor going to be likely a number one recruiting class if they add one more person. If they don't, it's the number two recruiting class. John Calipari has the number one player already signed. He's got the number one point guard signed. He's got a great player in Charles Matthews that nobody's talking about. And then now he could, we'll have to see how it all works out, but he could have one of the better shooters in college basketball with Michael Mulder next season. I'm not saying Kentucky fans should throw a parade for this recruiting class, but people that are acting like this is – John Calipari's lost it. It's just asinine. It's not even close to being true.
0: But when you put it in comparison to what he's – and you can't – and I know you shouldn't have expected him but, to bring in six, five stars every year. Stop.
1: You're saying put it in comparison with other classes, yes. what, his other number one classes – He's also had a number two class, so guess what? This is going to be another number one or number two class. He's missed on some guys because a lot of people have decided to go home. He missed on Diallo to go to Kansas for, I, I don't know, uh, that one doesn't really make much sense. There's still Jalen Brown available. There's still possibly Jamal Murray if he reclassifies available. Don Maker, nobody really knows what he what's going on with him or what he's going to do. There's still other guys out there, but even without those guys, it's still going to be the number two recruiting class. It's not like this is the number 20 class. That It's not like UK football where they had all these players decommit at the last minute. They just missed out on some guys, and maybe a few more guys than they normally do, but it's still a great class. And, and it's not like John Calipari is desperate going after a Juco player in Michael Mulder. Louisville was interested in him. Indiana was interested in him. He was a, a Juco All-American and, and, and one of the best, the best shooters in Juco. And if he had the numbers that he had in college— he'd be the best shooter in college. I mean, he shot 48%, 47% from three, hit 88 threes. You know who uh, UK's leading three-point shooter was last year?
0: If it's not Devin Booker, then it's a trick question.
1: Well, it's it's not Devin Booker. Uh, It was Aaron Harrison who clipped him by one. I think he had 59 or 50, and Devin Booker had 58. They were 1-2. So think about that. He hit 30
0: more threes. I'm not. I'm not trying to say that Michael Molder won't be an impact player, but it just it feels weird to me looking at a Kentucky that has been bringing in the multiple guys. When's the last time? What is Molder's rating? I didn't. I couldn't. I looked for his ranking. What? What does rivals have him rated? wide in terms of stars?
1: He's a four star JUCO.
0: Okay, he's still a four-star, so it's still a slide. But he is a Juco, nonetheless. It just feels weird to be bringing a Juco for Kentucky when you're used to well, going done, after. Cal Parry, who even said something himself, jokingly, I know, tongue-in-cheek, but said, you know, I can get pretty much anybody I go after.
1: They've done it before. They have, they've brought in Juco's before. This is now John Calipari's seventh recruiting cycle at Kentucky. Three years he's brought in Juco's. Another year they were really high on Torrey and Graham, uh, and it didn't work out with him, so that's four out of seven years where they were really, really involved with JUCOs. Who is on JUCO, by the way? I'm sorry to interrupt you. The, it's been a while, Eloy Vargas. And I'm not saying Kentucky has had success with JUCOs, and I'm not <laughs> saying that I'm not saying Michael Mulder is going to come in and be uh, the best Kentucky player to ever put on a jersey. But I do think if you and he knows his roles, and I just got done interviewing him for 17 minutes, and, and let me say this: he's a great interview, he's a great quote. Kentucky fans are going to love this guy. Uh, beat writers are going to love talking to him. He's smart. Uh, he, he's going to be he's going to be a fan favorite in terms of people interviewing uh, getting to interview some of these players, but he's okay with the role Trevor of you know what my time will come if i don't play a lot of minutes that's okay too. I can maybe come in in a pinch, hit a three, hit a three here, hit a three there. Uh, he takes defense seriously. why wouldn't you add a player like that? And, and I'm not saying that you should act like you've landed the number one player in the history of college basketball, but a Kentucky fans should be excited about that.
0: And I think he fills the need that Kentucky didn't Kentucky require. I mean, obviously, have lots of needs. When, when you lose seven guys to the NBA draft, you're going to have to fill many holes in your roster, and they did so going into this offseason with having three guys already locked up and the best part of their class, obviously. As I mentioned, I'm not trying to act like they don't have a five-star already in their back pocket. They've got two and a four-star Matthews. And he does fill a wing position they need, but it just—I I don't know—it just—it's got a weird feeling to over the last few years to see him going after whomever he wants, getting whomever he wants, and with the exception of Shabaz Muhammad, possibly in that class that led to an nit year, but he still landed, oh. still landed numerous top picks in that one. But but it's weird to see him going after junior college kid. It, 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 whether it be you no know, matter what star rating he is, even though I think but, he is, does fill a need, gosh, they need.
1: Trevor, this is the thing Louisville fans aren't understanding that's making <laughs> me want to tear my eyeballs out. He has done this before. This isn't the first time he's missed on some guys. He missed on a guy named Andrew Wiggins. He's missed on a lot of guys. He missed on Xavier Henry in his first year. It's not like John, the, the, the notion that John Calipari gets whoever he wants is, I, I don't know if Kentucky fans did that on their own or now if. Uh, national media and opposing fan bases are using that against him as, oh, now you don't get whoever you want anymore. He has gone after JUCO guys, and, he, and he's certainly gone after grad transfers. You pick the year, and he's been at least interested in a grad transfer. Late in the year, he likes to add bodies.
0: he's interested
1: can, in needing to add somebody
0: because you've swung and missed on many other recruits is two different stories, though.
1: Not, not necessarily, and, and, and to go after those guys are still to go after them. He still wants them. It's not like he would have offered some grad transfer. I mean, there's a there's a few, and I don't there's he actually went after quite a few grad transfers last season uh, because I, he he probably thought that more players were going to leave than actually did. I don't know if the interest went as far as offering those guys, uh, but last year he was in on, on quite a few grad transfers. This year he was interested in some of them. Uh, it, it, he probably will next year too. And you also have to remember he he lost seven players to the draft.
2: That's, I'm fully aware that's of that.
1: That's unique in itself. And so here's the thing: this 2015 class, and I've said this all along, it's a weird class. So you have a lot of guys deciding they want to stay at home. Uh, Steven Zimmer want, wants to stay at home. Malik Newman wants to stay at home. The one, mis- and I'm not saying John Calipari didn't make mistakes because he did. He did. He made some mistakes in this class, and I think the biggest one is not going after and getting Thomas Bryant. Uh, not not necessarily because you m- ended up missing out on Steven Zimmerman I think Thomas Bryant is better than Steven Zimmerman uh, so I think that there was a misvaluation in that sense uh, and uh, a mistake by by John Calipari and maybe you know maybe he had the wrong approach maybe he had the wrong pitches with some of the players in this class I'm not saying he's completely blameless in all this but for you, Trevor, for Louisville fans, for other people, for national media, to act like this is well, this is bizarre, this is crazy, this could never happen at Kentucky. He missed out on some guys, I'm not and that's, say, really, that, that's the beginning and end of it. Listen,
0: I'm not saying it ne- it's it never happened to Kentucky. Again, I threw the, the Tubby, Tubby Smith the acid flashback reference, so it's obviously happened to Kentucky. But it hasn't happened in the last five years, and I know he missed on Wiggins, he missed on Trebass, but even in those classes, he still brought in multiple if not more than, and then when I say multiple, I mean more than two top ten guys. Now he has two top ten guys already, like I said, in his back pocket with his class. It kind of gets overlooked and forgotten about because they they did commit earlier, but it it just doesn't have the same intensity that any of uh, any of his other classes. And I'm including the Northern noel class that that he doesn't have the intensity going into it because he's. I don't want to say you use the word settling because that's going to get your dander up a little more than I think I already have. And this is the most I've ever got you riled up, which is almost entertaining to myself and hopefully everyone else listening. But it just doesn't have the same same wow to it. And now, the, the, with, I know you'll talk about this, I'm sure, with other news of them looking at a three-star kid. It's doing kind of like what they did at uh, Terrence Jones on NC State to Washington, who was at least a five-star. Now looking at another three-star kid, it seems like I'm in bizarre award when it comes to recruiting by Cal Perry over the last, when you compare it to the last five years.
1: And that's for somebody that just doesn't follow recruiting. Now that, that I don't, like you do, that I don't like, like, <laughs> like you do Trevor. First off with this guy, and we'll talk more about him later on the, on the air. Uh, and that is Sean Kirk, who is committed to NC state. I don't think he's technically committed anymore anymore. I still haven't been able to confirm that he actually has a real committable offer. Here's what we know about him. He Committed NC State. Uh, John Calipari watched him over the weekend. Tony Barbie has had a good relationship with him and has been on his radar uh, since he was the coach back at Auburn and kind of has gotten to know him. Without a doubt, John Calipari probably likely knew. Thonmaker wasn't, or or, excuse me, Cech Diallo wasn't a serious option. But, and I'm here and and, and Vincent's, and they've got me... Tucked away in this little room where I was gonna, you know, it's gonna be nice and quiet, and I've got internet. And then Trevor gets me so worked up where I'm almost yelling, and I've had several people walk by the door and poke their head in, uh, probably not knowing that I'm in here doing this. This or is who the first time I've ever made you
0: mad. I think
1: just some, um, it, it, it's kind of boiled over all day. Uh, it's uh, people are acting. I, I just I, I don't like the notion that John Calipari going after JUCOs means he's desperate. That he, he has done that time after time, and. It's it just he's missed on people before. This isn't this isn't something completely new. Now he, this year he's missed on more guys than he has in the past, but because he's going after JUCOs and some lower rated guys, he's done that at Kentucky. It, but people want to forget about it because he, they maybe maybe that's why Trevor people forget about it because he did have three or four or five stars already signed. He's got two this year and a really really good player in Charles Matthews. It really bums me out. Uh, but I I probably sound like a lunatic. And uh, I'm, the looks I'm getting from the very friendly people in this lovely town of Vincent, Indiana is uh, concerning, without a doubt. So uh, I don't want to say
0: desperate was the word
1: I used The settle. Settle, is that as bad as desperate when I use that term? Settle is not as bad as desperate, but you, here's the thing. You lose seven players. John Calipari probably didn't imagine he was going to actually lose seven. I think he imagined Dakari Johnson would be back. And I think he thought that there would be an okay chance that Devin Booker could be back. So, <clears throat> where he recruited, how much time he put into some of these guys, uh, Malik Newman has always been a priority. And it was just a miss. He, Malik Newman wanted to stay home. You can't, can't keep a kid from wanting to stay home when he already knows he's going to be a one-and-done player. Uh, but, you know, maybe, maybe they would have been more interested in Thomas Bryant and le- instead of just handing him to IU if they had known that Dakari Johnson was going to go pro. Uh, some things changed, and, and and John Calipari got a little burnt in 2012 when Marcus Teague decided to go. All signs pointed to him returning as well. So I'm not saying that John Calipari is completely blameless for what's happened in this class. But one, it's not. He's been burnt before. He's missed out before. He's missed on guys several times. Uh, He's gone after JUCOs. He's gone after grad transfers. He's gone after lower-rated guys late in the spring to fill needs to to get some bodies on campus. All these these things have happened before. I will say this. You say of all the the bodies he's gone to fill
0: in his entire tenure, and this is kind of back to what I was talking about, how it just seemed weird, even though Mulder is a four-star kid like you mentioned. Kyle Perry's had two recruits rated below four stars in his entire time at Kentucky. One was a local kid, Derek Willis, which I probably wouldn't have gone to Kentucky if he wasn't a local kid. No offense to Derek Willis. And the other was Darnell Dotson. What's your point? My point is is that even though he is a four-star, Juco does give kind of that... The outside look of not being a huge kid, meaning he's probably not as good as a regular four-star, even though he could be. I'm not saying he isn't. I'm just talking about a national perspective or an outside perspective of looking at it. And that's why this does feel weird, because you're not used to seeing him not getting, as I said, everybody wants, and not getting anything below a four-star kid. Even though he's a four-star kid, it's still one of the top kids in his position in class.
1: Sure. And this will be the last time I say it, Trevor. Okay because Brun DMC says that we're beating a dead horse and we shouldn't be (laughs) be beating any dead horses during Derby Week. (laughs) If you have followed Kentucky recruiting, this is not completely unnormal for John Calipari to do this late in the year. The only thing different about this year is he has missed on more guys than normal by probably like two or three guys. He misses on guys every year. People forget that. And a lot of guys wanted to stay home. Brandon Ingram wanted to stay home. You can't control that when there's – uh, appealing factors about staying home. I think John Calipari's biggest miss was probably Stephen Zimmerman. He, I, I bet he thought that he had Stephen Zimmerman in the bag and didn't think there was any chance that he was actually going to lose him until maybe the last week. That was his biggest mistake, and that's that. Besides that, going after JUCOs, going after lower-rated guys—that is—that's things that he's done almost every year he's been at Kentucky. So I don't think that's strange or unusual. And I get your point that well, yeah, but normally you already have quite a few five stars lined up. You're right about that. But right now they only have two. Two really good ones. Really, really good ones. The number one player in the country in Scalabissia. You have a really good player in Charles Matthews. Michael Mulder's now on board, so you've got your deadly three-point shooter. And then you still have Jalen Brown. You still have Jamal Murray. Thon Maker again. Maybe, maybe. The class is not over yet. So we'll leave it at that. We're going to head to commercial break. I'm unsure when we'll have Michael Mulder in the studio, but he is coming, I- I'm told. If we can't uh, get so Mulder, maybe we can get Scully we'll we'll be back 1450 the sports buzz i hate you trevor
0: Listening to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker, presented by alan Electric. Hello, Mitch, Bernard. See, so you guys haven't changed much.
3: Beanie, you remember Cheese Rodney's kid brother?
0: Actually, my name isn't Cheese anymore. It's Gordon
1: Pritchard.
3: Oh yeah, Cheese. Yeah. Didn't we lock you in the dumpster one time?
1: I got out. <laughs> Trevor's working the board, and I'm joined here with uh, Vinicent's head coach, Todd Franklin, and newest Kentucky commit, Michael Mulder, but they heard the old-school intro, Trevor, and and coach knew it. Did you know it, Michael? I hadn't heard it. Have you ever seen Old School? No, sir. Oh, you've got to watch Old School. Uh, But anyways, uh, so I'm joined with these two. The latest Kentucky commit and the first Kentucky commit because all the other guys were early signees. So UK fans have been looking for some good news, Michael, and you were able to provide that for them today. Just tell me how you're feeling getting that decision off your chest. Uh, it's it's a really relieving feeling.
3: Um, I know uh, a little bit more stress involved than I than I would have uh, anticipated coming in, uh, having all these having all these great programs I'm talking to and. And uh, having to make a decision between them all was, was tough. But uh, at the end of the day, I, I think I made the right decision, absolutely. So
0: I feel great. And,
1: and we're going to talk a little bit about you as a player. We, we've got all the numbers on you, and we've seen the highlight videos. And, and we'll get to that first. Coach, tell me what type of kid Michael is, both on the court and off the court. He's a great guy.
2: I think I think he'll bring a little bit of maturity um, to Kentucky as far as the recruits they have. He's a little bit older. I think he's a little bit older, you know, as a person. Um I think they'll be, uh, I think the fan base will enjoy it, I, I think they'll enjoy his personality. Uh, I know he's going to play hard. Uh, if he doesn't play hard, he'll have to answer to us. We'll be waiting on him at the end for it if he doesn't. But, uh, you know, and obviously shoots the ball very, very well. Uh, he's really worked on that since he's been here, and he's kind of developed that. Um, he's always a good athlete, long. Uh, I think he's going to get stronger. His ball handling's improved a lot. I think he's still got a lot more upside, though. He's not a, a finished product in terms of uh, being as good as he can be, I think he can get a lot better. And I'm sure Coach Cal do a great job with it. but uh, I think the fan base is going to like him at first.
1: Well, and I was talking about that. Uh, I, I've had a chance to talk with you, I guess, for 20 minutes today after you you decided, and uh, you. A lot of people don't like talking to the media, but and maybe you don't like it, but you're good at selling it and faking it. Uh, you're you're well spoken and you're fun to talk to. Uh, and do you kind of know what you're getting into at Kentucky with in terms of how a media opportunity will be? Thirty people, forty people on media day. It'll be over a hundred people, and anywhere you go, people are going to recognize you.
3: Yeah, I, I understand that, and uh, that's not really something I'm, I'm worried about. Uh, all I'm worried about is, is the wins and losses column, and uh, and you know whatever comes along with that, um, any type of media attention or anything like that. As long as I'm as long as I'm getting Ws beside my name, uh, none of that will bother me. I'm sure. And coach, you all did a lot
1: of that with Michael here. Uh, your two year stretch, I think what was the exact five losses maybe? 67-5. 67-5, and, five, yeah. 67 and five, which is unbelievable. Uh, what did he bring to your all's team to help you all provide that record? I also know you all are a talented team and and he wasn't alone in doing that, but what did he specifically bring over that two-year stretch?
2: Well, it was different over different different Um, You know, his first semester here, he, he was kind of having to learn. Uh, he, I think he broke into the lineup somewhere in his freshman year around Christmas time. Um, and was kind of, you know, fifth starter, kind of guy on a really good team, went to the Final Four. You know, he did he wasn't dependent on to give you the big night every night. Um, you know, had some really good players. He had four guys off that, well, I had four sophomores that year. And those four guys were good players, a couple All-Americans. Um, and so his role on that team was a little bit different. Uh, his skill set was a little bit different at that time. He wasn't as good off the, off the bounce. Uh, his shot was still developing. He'd make it, but it's not like he is now. Um so it was kind of an evolving thing, you know, and it was probably last spring. Because he played, you know, and obviously started on that team and went deep, finished in third in the country. So he got great experience, but there was a noticeable difference to him last spring. I thought last spring, a lot of the shooting he worked on and and the reps came together where it was kind of clicking. He started making shots all the time, and you could see he knew why. And uh, kind of took over from there. You know, I had a great summer. A lot of you know, the camps, the recruiters started really liking him. I know. For Kentucky people, it's a new thing now, but he's been being at a pretty, you know, at a pretty high level for a long time. Um, you know, and then, you know, this year, like all of our sophomores, and he was part of a big sophomore class, It's probably going to have at least six, if not more, Division I signings in this group. Um, There's great expectations. I mean, we were preseason number one. Uh, we were number one all year long uh, because he started last year and had a big summer. You know, a lot of expectations were on him um you know and i think he had to go through some things with that and go through the process of it um and handling the pressure which here it's not kentucky but it's there's some kentucky-like things mm-hmm. it's you know it's just such a traditional program it's the biggest show you know everybody's biggest night biggest game everybody knows our guys and um so he went through that this year and having to carry the load you know last year was kind of being part of it this year being a guy who carries carries a load but does it in not a way where he's getting 50 shots i mean he's part of five other guys averaging double figures, but he knows he has to show up and lead. So I think
1: he's he's gone through a process that should really help him as he transitions to Kentucky. Sure. And you had mentioned, and I know you, Michael mentioned earlier today, uh, that it was hard saying no to some of these other programs, and, and you were recruited for the duration of this past season. Kentucky does come in late. So what is it about Kentucky where they can – Maybe not get to have the same relationship with you as a player coach with John Calipari as some of these other schools, but come in late, present something to you that is so appealing you feel the need to commit shortly after your visit. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like uh, the difference with them is that you know they go so
3: far in the tournament. They're they're so busy throughout the year. Coach Cal is, is such a busy guy. Um, I understand him him coming in late in this situation. Uh, absolutely. Um, also, they have the, all those guys leaving, and uh, they, they weren't sure who was going to leave. And, and I know, as a JUCO guy uh, coming into my third year in college, uh, I don't think he wanted to do that to me. If there wasn't a spot for me on the team, I don't think he would want to bring me in and uh, you know have me sit down in my in my third year of college. So I, I feel like uh, I feel like that was probably a big part of that. Um, but ultimately, I mean, Kentucky—the program speaks for itself. Um, it's it's absolutely amazing what they what they've been able to do over the past couple of years. Uh, and traditionally over history, so um, that was probably the biggest thing.
1: I know, you, I know you grew up in Canada. How much Kentucky basketball have you watched throughout your lifetime? What do you know about UK basketball, and uh, is this all kind of new to you?
3: Uh, I mean, it's, it's not new to me at all. If, if you're a basketball fan at all and you, don't, and you don't watch Kentucky play, I mean, I don't know what you're doing. You're, <laughs> you're missing something, definitely. But, uh, I mean, I, I remember as a kid, like, having such a such a amazing feeling when when their games came on and they're playing in these big final four games and and all the big commercials are on and i'm I'm just like i want that so bad like i wanted that as long as i can remember and, and it's amazing like the way that it's turned out
1: did you did you follow their season this year i know that you all were i think undefeated for a long stretch and then kentucky obviously starts 38 no did you follow them at all no, kind of think that
3: i was uh we were kind of being compared a little bit to them at at our level all year so uh which was which was awesome. It was a, a great a great experience uh, to even be in the conversation with them at first, and uh, I mean we we had won uh, thirty plus games in a row, and, and so a day. And I was hoping, you know, I wanted to I wanted to be the one that finished undefeated, you know, and uh, of course, so today. Um, but it, it's
1: amazing what they've been able to do. Sure, and, and Coach Franklin, you're from Central City, Kentucky, Newberg County boy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and Patrick Sparks is from around those parts. and, and no,
2: Pat Pattsons, he was uh, a very small young man. His, uh, his daddy was my assistant coach in high school. Okay, uh,
1: I, I did not know that. It, it, Patrick Sparks, known for his shooting, of course, had the uh, legendary three against Michigan State and the Elite Eight that hung on the rim for hours, it seemed like, and ended up losing. And in the uh, double overtime in that game, who's the better shooter, Michael or Patrick.
2: Mike, uh, Mike might, might, might be off the catch. Pat, Pat was a little bit more off the dribble. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of good shooters in Muhlenberg County. If you think about city, City, that's the shooters a little bit.
1: Sure. Uh, and with Michael, you've been around basketball, and of course, you grew up in, in Kentucky, so you know about Kentucky basketball. How do you think his game is going to translate to John Calipari's offense? Uh, playing in the SEC, playing the number one out-of-conference schedule in the country, how do you think Michael will hold up your, your former player? Well, I think you I think you got to look at it uh, in the standpoint of, of
2: what does he bring that they can use. Uh, I think he's going to come in and do a lot of the same things that, that Devin Booker did. I think they're, they're not the same player. They're different in some ways, but I think the big thing is both of them bring the weapon of hitting shots, and, uh, you know, you need that. And you may even need that more with your Kentucky than you do other places because people are going to collapse. Uh, you know, I'm sure Schal's going to get a lot of attention. You know, if Poitras is playing around the basket as a four and comes back healthy, he's going to get a lot of attention. Um, and then the guards, you know, U.S., Briscoe, those guys are going to attack the basket. You need somebody that keeps them honest and hurts them. And uh, I think Mike can certainly do that. Um, you know, and then you've got to be athletic enough to do the other thing. And and that's where it can't just be about a guy making shots. And he and he is athletic enough to be able Um he'll bring I, I think his, his ability to, uh to get up and down the floor, his lean to be able to attack the rim and, and those type of things, uh, you know, he rebounded over seven rebounds a game for us from that position. I think he'll bring some of that that you know hopefully he'll he'll even improve on what they had. Uh, but I think I think his shooting ability is the first and foremost. Um and I think he's still gonna get open shots playing with those guys. I and mean, if you get open shots. I mean, shoot ball like Mike, I, I think he's got a chance to shine a little
1: bit. Sure, and and you hit 88 threes last year. UK's leading three-point shooter last year, I think, hit 58 or 59 uh, and took a lot more than you did as well. So I think you're right under 47%. So you can likely bring that into Kentucky next season. Uh, your coach mentioned some of the other things, rebounding. Kentucky hasn't had a really good rebounding guard since, I don't know, if under Calipari maybe John Wall would be another one. You're also uh, maybe – sneakily athletic you watch some of your highlight tapes and and you look like one of the uh, better dunkers out there What are you trying to bring to Kentucky yourself
3: Uh, I'm trying to bring uh, aside from my my shooting ability and and athleticism just like a winning attitude and and some maturity I know they're gonna have a lot of young guys and and uh, a lot of all-star type guys and and uh, on any team with talent like that um, maturity and, and leadership is an important thing and I feel like I can I can help provide that as a junior um, so I'm excited to see to see exactly what I can bring in there. I know I can bring a lot of positives and uh, that's what I plan to do.
1: and I think I think a lot of Kentucky fans are forgetting they're gonna get two years of you. So what you see this first season, you're gonna improve on that like you did your first season here and into your second and your sophomore season. so i'm uh, I'm anxious to see how you how you fit in down there and a lot of Kentucky fans, not Kentucky fans, but but national media think that maybe, you were a bit of a, a reach, uh, to you know. To be honest, do you feel that you've got a chip on your shoulder, maybe to, to prove some people wrong? I mean, I'm not
3: too worried about uh, about what people uh, are talking about. I know uh, they're going to they're going to talk about the JUCO guy and uh, and all that, but uh, I don't plan to stand out as that. I plan to I plan to fit right in with the rest of the guys and uh, bring in, bring what I have to uh, bring to the table and come to work every day. So,
1: yeah, and coach, when you're looking back at Michael's career. What will be the the one thing that really jumps out at you that you can tell some of your future players down the road, and maybe his leadership or something that he did on the court, work ethic? I think he just got better. I mean,
2: I think that's, that's the thing that we'll say. Is he, he did not come in that way, but you know, kind of what we preach, our whole thing is that guys got to get better and improve. We don't tell you what level. You know, when, when you take a guy like Mike, we don't say, okay, we're going to get you to X number left. We're going to try to get you as good as we possibly can over these two years, and from here you can do, you know, a lot of great things. And uh, you know, he'll be an example. of that. So he came in as a guy who was not going to get recruited to the level he is now, and that would have been true whether Kentucky's in it or not. He was going to go to great places. Mm-hmm. Um, and those people that say he's a reach, well, I mean, there's a lot of people reaching. Him. <laughs> I mean, this is this is not, uh, you know, it wasn't like a uh, left field in Kentucky comes in. I mean, he he had uh, high major schools from all over the country. Um, and he turned down a lot of high major schools and didn't get involved with him. So he was a he was a guy that, that was being recruited as well as any of these guys. It's just the media for whatever reason at some point in time doesn't cover the JUCO guys the same way uh, as they do some other guys, which you look historically, I don't know if that's great. We had Darius Carter two years ago when he came out and Darius could play for anybody. Um, you know, he had 22 against Notre Dame in the Sweet 16. Mm-hmm. If Kentucky would have taken Darius Carter two years ago, they would have called it reach. Yeah. Well, it wasn't a That's why, you know, those two years at Wichita State, he was a big part of what they did. Um, Sean Delaney two years ago left, went to New Mexico when they were top-20 team. They were the immediate starter uh, for a team that went to the NCAA tournament with all those guys. We've had a lot of them um, over the years. We've had, and most of our guys have done very well at whatever level they've gone to. Now, you know, it doesn't get any higher than Kentucky when bigger, but it's still basketball. You know, it's still basketball, and, and he's been on the floor. Even when he's in Canada, you know, he was a lot of national team stuff and those type things. And um, You know, I go watch all the high school kids play right now, you know, recruiting because we, we don't only get them recruited. We have to recruit them as well. Um, you know, if you started going through the states, the states that surround us right now, if you were in Kentucky or you were in Illinois or Indiana, go through the list. He, he uh, Compared to the high school kids coming out, uh, they have an awful hard time with him right now. So, you know, I I, I think he's going to do fine. I certainly don't think he's a reach. Well,
1: I agree with you, and I've gotten to see enough of your, your tapes to, to know that you can make a, a serious impact immediately at Kentucky I asked you this earlier, but on your visit to Kentucky this past weekend, Nike UIBL was going on, and John Calipari was there watching a lot of those games, recruiting for maybe some future teammates for you. Uh, also, a lot of UK players were also there. Tell me a little bit about your visit. Was it kind of hard to, to meet up with the coaches, and, and what players kind of stood out to you, and what else did you do in, in, on Lexington's campus this weekend? Uh,
3: a, lot of the, a lot of the guys were actually gone this weekend, um, so I, I only really got to deal with a handful of them. Um. But it wasn't they didn't make it hard for me to to get in contact with the coaches and and uh, I spent a lot of time with them actually uh, multiple meals and and lots of time to talk and ask questions and uh, they were great. They answered everything I had to uh, ask them and and uh, yeah, the, the weekend went went amazing. Marcus Lee was my host and he did a great job showing me what it's gonna be like. you know, I went to a class with him and uh, you know it, it was really it was really like more than I expected honestly it was, it was amazing. You know what you're gonna major in? I'm thinking about majoring something in like sports management, um, but I'm not 100% what exact major would be. Uh, Probably something more with communications, because I'm not necessarily a a math guy, so (laughs) something more like communications, journalism area type stuff. I was journalism at UK.
1: I I think you could fit in and and do a fine job there as well, and and, uh, I know you guys are busy and you've been talking to media since I've been here for the last two, almost three hours now, but... Again, I just want to make sure you know what you're getting into, in Kentucky, and some of the fans. Did you hear about Devin Booker's car getting looked?
3: No, I haven't heard about about Devin Booker stuff, but uh, I, I understand that uh, the BBN fans. It's a it's an amazingly uh, large fan base, and, and uh, I'm just I'm just humbled to be a part of it. It's it's, it's an absolutely wonderful experience. I, huh. I can't
1: imagine. And I lied. One more question. And who else will be joining you in 2015? Do you have any idea? Do you know if John Calipari is looking to bring in anybody else?
3: Um, I, I would assume that he would, he would bring in one or two more guys um, not exactly what names I, I, I could really say at the moment but uh, I would I would assume of course he wouldn't be done at this point he he probably needs one or two more guys I would assume so we'll see how that goes all right
1: and I'll let you guys get out of here my coach coach Todd Franklin appreciate your time the newest wildcat Michael Mulder thanks a lot guys Enjoy the rest of your day and congrats on the, uh, on signing with Kentucky thank you. So great to talk to them, and I appreciate them stopping on in. We're going to head to commercial break now. We'll come back, and, and we'll talk more about his commitment to Kentucky and some other recruiting dominoes yet to fall in the 2015 class. Stick around.
0: Presented by Allen Electric.
1: Everybody in the car, boat leads
0: in two minutes. Or perhaps you don't want to see the second largest ball of twine on the face of the earth, which is only four short hours away. Song, song
1: of the South, Sweet potato pie and I shut my mouth. Gone, gone oh, me The fourth buzz. All alone back in this nice utility room that they have me in here at Vincent's University. In, Are you going to give us a Twitter pic of your uh, studio today? I probably should. I'd be, uh, I would be. I should have gotten a picture of them in studio with me. I, I, I'm, I'm stupid, so I didn't. Uh, that, would have, that would have been smart to do. Yeah, I can. Uh, but, again, I, I don't think they told everybody in the office here what's going on. So I've had people been walking by, looking, not really knowing who I am or what I'm doing or why I'm screaming into this computer with nobody else in the room. But have you had a janitor? And, and, and,
0: have you had a janitor walk by you? Like, Excuse me, I need to get that mop real quick and like move out of your way.
1: No, I'm I'm in I'm 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 secluded. I'm in my own room where I have a door and I've got a little window on the door. Um, there's uh, I guess it's just a vacant offense for for the for the time being. But uh, really nice to them. The the people here are incredibly friendly. Trevor, I, so he I'm coming into. I'm coming into town, and it's a, it's a little over two hours drive. Not a bad drive at all. Uh, went by quickly, and so I'm coming in town, and the SID for Vincent's basketball, maybe just maybe just all sports, uh, Troy Guthrie tells me to call him when I'm close to town. So I call him, and you're not going to get this as a UK or U of L, Trevor. So I call him and I'm like, "Hey, I'm five minutes away. Uh, if you just want to shoot me, you know which way to go." Because he said it was kind of hard to get to campus. Um, he says, "All right, well, when you get off the main expressway, there's going to be a McDonald's. Just wait there. I'll meet you there." So I'm waiting there. He comes driving up, uh, gets out of his car, says hello to me. He says, "All right, well, just follow me. I'll drive you into town." So we go about ten minutes, fifteen minutes into town, and he shows me where I need to go, sets me, gets me all set up, and. Uh, gives me as much access to to Mulder as I need, uh, both during his his commitment and after, and then brings him over to talk to me on my show. So, how cool is that? You don't get that at U of O in U K too often.
0: You, don't, you I, uh, I I can't imagine a, a time where Kenny Klein drove up to a local McDonald's and and chauffeured, uh the uh, a press member to a press
1: conference. Yeah, it was But I do nice. love Vincennes.
0: I'm, that was my actually my second choice of college. and so if I didn't go to Western, I was going to go to Vincennes for broadcasting and journalism.
1: Well, I didn't have a ton of time with, with Michael, but I kind of wanted to ask him what people do around here. <laughs> like, what you do for fun. Go to the McDonald's. <laughs> because coming into town, there was a big sign for the historic district. And then it just said to go straight. And then you keep going straight. And then there's a sign. And I guess you were in the historic district at that point. And there was a sign that had a bunch of different buildings, but none of them sounded that historic. One was the French House.
0: That sounds kind of dirty, actually, if it was on Bourbon Street.
1: Uh, maybe the French House was just a a, a friend, maybe a French family lived there, and, and that was some sort of uh, attraction. But I, I did want to know kind of what—and, you know, that might be a good thing. When you're here, you probably just focus on school and basketball because there's not a ton to do around town. Uh, that might not be the the worst thing in the world. But it is a bunch of friendly people here. It, it's a much nicer campus than I expected. I don't really know what I was anticipating, Trevor. But uh, it's everything's new. It's it's nice. It's big. It's not like everything's just crammed into this one little area. Uh, it's relatively spread out, but not too far away. Everything's within walking distance. Uh, it's pretty nice. It's a it's a town but, which just a capacity would not sell out the Yum Center
0: or Rupp Arena. <laughs>
1: No and when I was in there waiting for for Mulder to come in, and he was late to his press conference because he was his teacher wouldn't let him out of class early, so he was late to get he was about five minutes ten minutes late because his teacher would't let him out early to make his own college announcement uh but I was sitting there, and while everybody was waiting, somebody said, it looks like the whole town's here, and Trevor, it was probably like maybe sixty people there." <laughs>
0: I told you. Is there is there a Walmart in Vincent's?
1: I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure. Captain Art says no. No PTS in Vincent's. Uh mm-hmm. No, I doubt it. I, I don't. I don't think there is. But uh, I'm very happy we we're able to get them on. Uh, fun to talk to. We're gonna. We're gonna talk a little bit more about this. We're gonna have to go to a break here in a second. But Trevor, uh, Coach Todd Franklin did not like the the reach, the reach question.
0: Well, I can't imagine he would. I mean, would would you like it if I asked you if someone you were close to, uh, you were reaching for? Would you be appropriate? if I said, uh, "Oh, I met your girlfriend Hannah." That I, well, you're kind of reaching on there, aren't you? I mean, you'd be offended too, and and you're right to be. But he he well, knows. I, I mean, th- 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 he's a coach. He, he's I'm sure his thick his skin is as thick as, as any other coach in the country, and he he knows what people are going to say. But he knows also to take that with a grain of salt and then poop it out.
1: Well, I. Uh, If you would tell me that I reached on my girlfriend, it would be a lie because I completely outkicked my coverage. And anybody who's seen us together can tell you. Oh, I agree uh, with that. Yeah. There's always a
0: settler and a reacher and you're not the the reacher.
1: That's fine with me. I I feel I'm proud about that. Uh, But he, I I liked his answer. If Kentucky's reaching on him, then a lot of people were reaching. Uh, If Louisville doesn't get Trey Lewis, they are going all out to get Mulder without a doubt. Uh, Sterling Gibbs, Trevor—he he announced that he's going to transfer from Seton Hall. Uh, he's got to move up to the, be the number one. I think he knocks off Damian Lee as the number one transfer now. He averaged 16 points for Seton Hall last year. Uh, he'll have one year, or I guess—I guess—will he have one or two years left? I'm not sure. They only show two years of, his, of stats for Seton Hall, but they list him as a junior. Uh, they could have already moved ahead, but. He'll be immediately eligible. He he's a good player. Uh, he could. I, I'm not. I, I'm not saying Kentucky's going to show interest on on him. I, I, if I had to guess, they probably wouldn't. But he'll be a hot commodity, so he's available. Uh, we'll talk more about. We'll talk a little more about Mulder when we come back from the break. We'll also call, talk a little bit more about Cech Diallo and his decision to to go to Kansas. Captain Arctic brings up a really good point, Trevor, about our conversation that we had in the first segment. So we'll have to talk a little bit about that. Uh, so join us after the break. We'll have one nice big long segment here on a Tuesday, a beautiful Tuesday in Vincennes, Indiana. It was in Louisville when I left, and hopefully it is in your, your neck of the woods. So stick around. We will be right back here on 1450 The Sports Bus.
0: to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker.
2: Why does everything have to be
3: us? Is there no me left? Why can't there be some things just for me? Is that so selfish?
0: Actually, that's the definition of selfish.
1: We're back here. One final segment, 1450 of the Sports Buzz. It's going to be a long one and a good one. Trevor, I forgot to ask Michael Mulder what he thought of... Cheesy biscuits from Red Lobster.
0: I, I was kind of surprised he didn't know the old-school reference. Props to the coach. I, I missed his name, so I apologize if I keep referring to him as Coach. Coach Franklin. Uh, coach Franklin. I, I give props to him for re- remembering that. And I went old school. I had three pulled aside. You've now heard all three. And I thought, okay, I'm going to play one that I thought maybe Mulder would recognize. I didn't think he'd get you know, a National Lampoon's reference, even though the coach might have. Didn't think he'd get a Seinfeld reference, two little older school references for a young guy. But I thought I was right in the wheelhouse with my with my uh, old school reference for him to get. I was kind of disappointed he had not heard seen old school. It's not that old, is it? If he was a
1: if he was a freshman or, or in high school committing to Kentucky, I would say you know what he probably is too old. Uh, but he's a you know he, he's going to be a junior in college. He's probably what that probably makes him twenty. 20. 20, 21 years old. So he would have been born in, what,
0: 95? When did Old School – he would have been like seven or eight, I guess, when Old School came out?
1: Yeah, but he, I, I think he should probably – he should probably know Old School. He was yeah. great. Great interview, great quote. I think he's going to have a, a a good career, Kentucky. I, I do think he's going to be more uh, – contribute more than some other people think. Uh, but he's got to learn Old School.
0: <laughs> he, do, he does need to he – need, he needs to, to – uh to get a class, one of those classes that teaches you like uh, what Tony was failing in uh, uh, Blue Chips uh, TV. He's getting TV and movie class. I'm sure they have one of those offered somewhere at UK, I would hope.
1: That's maybe the, probably what John Calipari would first do once he gets in there is just sit him down and say, here's old school, buddy. Yeah. I heard your interview on the Sports Talker with TJ Walker, and you did a great job, but when we've got to
0: have you- in, in two hours, if you're not quoting me every Vince Vaughn Line in this movie, you're running laps. That's – uh.
1: Spot on. So he's on board, and I, and I you know, good three-point shooters, that that translates. You, you probably get cleaner and better looks at the JUCO level, but and maybe they're going to be tougher in college. But if you're a good three-point shooter, you're a good three-point shooter. It doesn't matter if you're playing at UK. It doesn't matter if you're playing in JUCO. It doesn't matter if you're playing in the NBA. Uh, if you can knock down outside shots, you're going to be able to do that at any level. I think, he, I think he's going to fill a need for Kentucky. And I, and I think if Kentucky's in a situation where they need threes, they need scoring in a, in a hurry, he's going to be able to come in and help. But I, I, I do think if Kentucky just had the team that they have now, Trevor, I think it's a good team. I, I wouldn't put them number one preseason. I'd probably have them in the top ten. I, I think it'd be solid. It just wouldn't have a lot of depth, so you'd worry about, What happens if there's injury? Now, since John Calipari's been at Kentucky, there's really been three teams that haven't had a great deal of depth. And that was the 2011 Final Four team, the 2012 National Championship team, and then the obvious 2013 NIT team. So which one would it be? Uh, One kind of struggled in 2011, didn't have the best year. Depth definitely played a role in that. Couldn't really bench some of the bad guys. Terrence Jones obviously took a lot of time to get where he was as a player. But when push come to sh- when push came to shove at the end of the year, they make a Final Four run and and a you know few points away from probably winning a national championship. 2012, not a lot of depth, but just a dominant team. No weak links in their first six. Kyle Wilcher, your seventh, just all around solid. Now, if there was an injury on that team, especially as somebody in the starting five, it's probably a different story, Trevor. And maybe, depending on who the injury happened to, maybe it's not a national championship winning team. And then 2013, not a lot of depth, not a big bench. You lose Nerland Noel, and they don't make the tournament, and it's the worst year John Calipari's had, as uh, certainly as Kentucky's coach. So this team... Unless they were to get maybe even two more players, it's not going to be the deepest team in the world. Your backcourt's going to be deep, but you know, is John Calipari really, really going to play Dominique Hawkins, who I, th- I think is going to have a solid year. I think he could if they asked him to. But the frontcourt's going to be incredibly thin if they were to add nobody else. You have Alex Poitras, Marcus Lee, maybe, Maybe Derek Willis. Who knows? That's not incredibly deep, so I, I do I do think Cech Diallo would have been the perfect fit for that. I, I think it would have made Kentucky a very well-rounded team all the way, top to bottom. It would have added some depth. You miss out on him though. Now maybe puts a little more pressure on Jalen Brown, Thon Maker, or Jamal Murray, who obviously wouldn't really help in the front court. But would make your backcourt a lot uh, more talented, you could play three guards and only two big guys at a time, and and work the rotation in that way. I don't. Go Art- Go on. 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 You no,
0: know, I was going to say I don't think depth is really something to be worried about. You mentioned the three teams that we weren't deep on, and of course, one of those went to that team, but it also lost its best player halfway through the season to injury. Whether they made the tournament or not, or final four, is up in the air. And Louisville went to a final four in two thousand five, running basically six players, six and a half, maybe in two thousand five, and was a very deep team. But the thinness on the front line, because you meant that's not thin. That's like third world country thin. I mean that's. That's pretty skinny on the front line, and while injuries haven't been an issue, if I can't see Kentucky, if they don't add at least one more body to that front line, someone that they can use in case Scalabissier is having a bad game or gets some foul trouble or, or there is issues on the front line, then Kentucky it's going to hurt Kentucky big time in my thoughts of them going deep into the tournament, even though I, they do have a backcourts I do love, and you know I do a favor backcourts in college basketball.
1: Well the good news is if once you get to the tournament if Kentucky can have a respectable seed <clears throat> there I don't worry about depth as much. Some people disagree with me i I, I don't think it I, I think it's completely overrated to have depth come the tournament but the season is long it's getting to the tournament healthy point. where I think there's some issues uh, you know what happens if Marcus Lee gets hurt if Scalabissier gets hurt then you're playing Marcus Lee at the five. There's a lot of centers that'd be able to bully around Marcus Lee. And then you've got six, 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 seven 6'7", Alex Poitras at your four. I think he can play the four. I think UK wants to play him at the four. I think he could do a fine job. Uh, but there, there's obviously a lot of concerns. Uh, you'd need to stay healthy. Is the
0: starting five as good as those other three less-than-depth teams, starting fives? Well, let's, if, if, let's assume if the starting if five is like a list uh, Mulder will will put it to two guard. I, I don't know who would play the three. But I guess maybe you'd have to well, – or uh, Briscoe would be the two. I'm sorry. but it's put Briscoe and Euless in the backcourt. Mulder to three. And let's say uh, Le, uh, Lee and uh, Scott Labissier as finishing off the five. Would that be about right, you think, for starting five at this point?
1: Yeah, so it, it'd be
0: Uless, Briscoe, Poitras. Oh, Poitras. I was bringing him up the bench. I'm sorry.
1: Well, I, they may do that, and, and well, they're not going to bring Pointers off the bench. His, right. his likely final year, but uh, he's probably more. He's he, he's not going to be great at the three. or He's going to be okay, but he's much more of a four at the college level. Uh, but but all that being said, if if you're playing UK's best five players, that's probably their best five as we know it right now, and I think that's a really good five. I, I really do. It's got it's got passing it's got some scoring it's got tough physical guard and briscoe who's going to be able to get to where he wants uh is going to be able to spread the floor if he wants to he's also good in the post he's going to be one of the most talented offensive centers or big guys in college basketball it does have a little bit of everything you need Uh, so i don't think that's I, i think the starting five is really really good and then Molder again, it's going to take some time to see how he fits in to, to Kentucky's system and just how UK will lo- use him. But if he can translate some of those numbers over, then you have him coming off the bench, then that's solid. You have Charles Matthews, who, again, everybody's sleeping on. I think he's going he's gonna to be good. He's a Chicago kid. You don't sleep on Chicago kids, Trevor. Unless you're DePaul. You just, yeah, they sleep on all the Chicago kids, and that's why they're DePaul. Uh, but... I'm not too worried about Kentucky in terms of what they're going to be able to be. I do think that they can add one or two more guys, talented guys. Now, I'm not talking about somebody I you know, I I'm not talking about Sean Kirk, this three star that was committed to NC State. I don't know what's going on there. It's strange to me.
0: So who's the big man? Who is in, in Kirk's list as a power forward, even though he's 6'6, so it's an undersized power forward. Yeah, we know Tom Maker's a question mark. Even though Tom Maker, I, from what I understand, it would be, like this; it'd be what, December, if, even if he did reclassify. So let's kind of keep him off the table at this moment because of the question marks surrounding whether he's reclassifying when he would come and all that, so so on and so forth. You you mentioned Steven Zimmerman being kind of the real swing for the fences and missing, I think, Calipari wanted in this class. He needs another big body. Where does Kentucky look at this moment?
1: Well, the the only one... There's got to be somebody out there. Sean Kirk, I really wouldn't consider that much of a big body. There was the other guy, and his name escapes me right now, uh, from North Carolina that I think was a four-star, maybe a three-star, that UK looked into a little bit. Uh, Again, I'm going to need to find his name because I can't do it right now. But he's an option. Jalen Brown, if you – if you brought him, he's not a big body, Trevor, but he's a true three. Well, he is a big body. He could play probably a little bit of four in a pinch. But he's a true three, and you, that would allow you to really play Poitras at the four. He's also not looking the, like
0: Kentucky bound, is what I understand. Is that correct? It's very
1: yeah, unlikely. That, I, well, you know, if I had to guess, I'd say no. But I've been wrong on so many other things. <laughs> you knew me both. That, that maybe <laughs> maybe you know, maybe he will be. But I, I, I agree that Kentucky probably doesn't leave. but Kentucky made his, his cut. He sure. cut it to five schools, and 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 now he's down to Kentucky, Michigan, UNC. I think Kansas is on his on his list, and maybe one more Cal, California. Uh, yeah, you know Kentucky could could find their way to to land him. I think Michigan may be the leader at this point, but he would he would he would really really help. And then again, if you brought in Jamal Murray, then you just go with a true three guard lineup have three different players on the wing, and that wouldn't necessarily help you on your front court, but certainly would help your scoring a little bit and uh, change the way that Kentucky plays. So still a lot of dominoes Probably
0: left. Allow to you to, to the, the, the front court if you did that.
1: Here's the thing. This Sean Kirk guy, he's, again, I cannot confirm that Kentucky is actually offered, but what I can confirm is that Kentucky talked to him last night, talked for a very long time. Sometimes people mistake long conversations of coaches saying, hey, I, I would like to coach you, you're a good player. Some, if a coach doesn't say to you, hey, you've got an offer, a lot of times you probably don't have an offer. Uh, and I'm not saying that they did or didn't. I don't know. But I haven't been able to confirm it uh, with people close at UK that they actually offered. Uh, so I, I – I, and, and Sean Kirk, he's a three-star that committed to NC State. They, uh, they're saying, their camp saying that they, he does have an offer. So I'm not going to say whether he does or doesn't. I'm just saying I can't confirm it for myself. But I just couldn't, and I I just couldn't see him coming in, Trevor, and making a big impact. Uh, no, he's just he's not he's not a great player as of right now. Now uh, he could develop once you get him in a college weight program, you get college coaches coaching him, maybe all that changes. But as he stands right now, what I was told by somebody very close to NC State. Is that NC State wanted him because he would be just a body that they they only got seven scholarships player only set they only have seven scholarship players, so they would want to bring him in as just uh, just another body to have on the bench. Well, we what NC's, Kentucky's trying to do. <laughs> well, that's exactly what Kentucky's trying to do. But do you think Kentucky should be bringing in players that likely won't see the floor at NC State? You get what I'm
0: saying here? No, uh, you, you bring me back to the uh,
1: beating of a dead uh, Mr. Ed when I say that it, it makes it feel weird. Oh, the, the, the recruiting of Sean Kirk to me is strange. I'll say that much. But again, I can't confirm, Trevor, that UK is actually actively recruiting him more than just Tony Barbie knows him. And just in case Kentucky can add zero more players, then maybe they'd be a, he'd be a last resort. But if it is in true and, in fact, the case that Kentucky has offered him and they really want him to commit, then that would be a little strange to me in terms of that. Now, adding Michael Mulder as a Juco player, that's not strange to me at all. That's not strange one bit. And missing out on some top guys, that's not strange to me either because that happens. But if they were to really passionately want Sean Kirk, that would be a bit of a surprise. But because my point is, Schreiber, I'll, I'll be I'll be blunt. I, I don't know if he can play at Kentucky. I,
0: I would think the story with Sean Kirk seems to me because since he was already quote maybe committed to North Carolina State, I have this feeling as you mentioned, Tony Barbie or someone at Kentucky was like, you know, let, let me think about it, Sean. Let, let, let me get back to you on it, and we'll let you know. We didn't act, they didn't actually officially, as you mentioned, offered him a scholarship, but kind of told them, let, let me think about it. I'll call you back. Let me get back to you. And he kind of took that as, oh, wait a minute, now my options are open. Now I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to settle now for NC State, no offense to the people of Raleigh, if Kentucky's actually going to call me. So I'm not going to, even though I know I have the commitment there. Because a lot of times in these situations, you can correct me if I'm wrong, it seems like they're trying to, to play leverage games by using the big schools for some of the smaller schools. In this case, I think he's already locked up the smaller school. So he's yeah, I- just
1: kind of holding on to a possible maybe at this point for Kentucky. Also, Kentucky and Kirk talked for four hours last night. Now, whether or not that's actually true, I do don't know if I've ever talked to a teenage kid about for four
0: hours. On the phone. I, I know,
1: so that's why I don't know if it's true. I don't know. I, I mean, I I couldn't. I, I don't even know if I could talk to Hannah for four hours on the phone if <laughs> if I needed to. Uh, and that's no disrespect to her. I just I don't know what she could talk about to anybody on the phone for that long.
0: At some point, there's got to be you've got to end the conversation. I mean, you have to run out of things to say. I mean, so that's
1: what I was told. But I, I do – so here's what I probably do. This Here's what I know. They had a conversation last night. Now, really, what the extent of the conversation was, uh, did if Kentucky offered this and that, I don't know. But I, if I had to guess, and this is a guess, I don't know for sure, I would guess that Kentucky called him. They, they might may not even known that he had committed to NC State at that point because it all happened in the same night. Maybe they just said, "Hey, you know, we we watched you this weekend. We liked what we saw. You're obviously talented. You're very athletic. We feel like we could polish you into a good player. If we just, you know, if Kentucky ended up being the best fit for you, we hope you're thinking about us. We're thinking about you. Maybe we could get you to come visit. And that might be the extent of it because John Calipari knows. Okay, if we get him to visit, that's going to buy us likely a week. At that point, we'll probably know what Jalen Brown's doing. We'll know what Cech Diallo's doing, and they obviously do now." It gives them more time to learn some more. They missed out on Brandon Ingram, and sure enough, the call came hours after missing out on Brandon Ingram. So they likely just wanted to kind of play their option safe. But I, the idea that they actively offered him and and really want him to commit on the spot, I'm just not buying right now. It's. I agree with you.
0: Uh, To me, it's in the terms of of of, of women like I like to use. You know, because I don't get I don't get that ever meet any. But they were at the bar kind of awkward-looking girl, semi-cute, Sean Kirk. They tell him, you know what, sweetheart, let, let me see. I'm mean, going to get back to him. Let me look around the bar. If I can't get somebody hotter-looking, you and me are going home tonight. But let me figure it out first. And that's kind of what Sean Kirk, they've done. Kirk's like the girl with low self-esteem that looks like that. The bar is going, okay, the stud's going to come back to me in a couple hours maybe. I'm, I'll am i stay open. I'll keep my eyes open. But you're going to have to help me with this because I. it took me three times to get through pre-algebra. So math is not my strong point. You lose seven guys. I only got four coming in. How many spots does Kentucky still have open then?
1: Well, they—they the scholarships aren't going to be an issue for them, and they're probably going to have some extra scholarships floating around. And they're also going to be able to probably—they're going to have to get some new walk-ons because they lost quite a few, quite a few walk-ons as well. I'm available. So, no, <laughs> didn't you already graduate? No, and, but
0: I just don't want to have to use the word. I,
1: I, just because it's called walk-on,
0: do I actually have to walk? I mean, can I just like sit? <laughs>
1: No, don't you don't don't worry about that. Don't don't you worry about that. Uh but so it, I mean there's still a lot of question marks and I I, I and Captain Arctic brought up a good point. I meant to get to this earlier in the show, but he said and and I'm curious to hear what you think about this Trevor. He says the one thing that makes these misses so uh, pronounced is that so many of these guys are waiting till the last second to commit. If you spread out these misses, it doesn't seem as bad. Plus, Duke cleaned up in a short time, which didn't help the national perception of UK's recruiting class, which is very true. Duke had a very good end of the recruiting class, where Kentucky's still kind of twiddling their thumbs. Uh, the Michael Mulder news today was obviously very good news for them. But if you it, you don't usually have all these people waiting till the last minute, Trevor. You usually don't have eight McDonald's All-Americans at the McDonald's All-American game not not decided. That never happens. So this is – it's a unique class. It's a different class. We're not going to see this stuff again. And it just so happened that a lot of people that Kentucky were in on were the ones that were waiting. And guess what? Whether or not they came to Kentucky, and guess – a lot of them didn't, obviously. If they – the reason they waited so long was to see what happened at Kentucky. But the longer they waited, they kept hearing other coaches tell them, Kentucky's going to have people your position. They're going to have people your position. We need you. We need you. We need you. Kentucky couldn't play that pitch because they didn't know who was going to return and who wasn't going to return.
0: But they sure enough, now, and since then, they still
1: will. Uh, okay, I'm going. But now everybody decided to go, and they do have that pitch. But now it's the same pitch that the other schools have been throwing at him, Trevor, for six months. So it doesn't hold the same weight.
0: Is this the first offseason or between seasons that Kentucky hasn't at least landed one major guy that they were going after? Like in the spring? Yes, because I don't know the timetables of obviously when they committed got commitments from all their major recruits for the last five years. I guess I could look it up. Last-
1: Last year's class, they didn't get anybody in the spring. They got everybody early.
0: Okay, I, you would. That's why I ask you a question. That's why you're TJ Walker. You're you're the recruiting guy. I'm just so <laughs> they, uh, you 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 get praised and a raise for when you hang out in high schools. I just get weird looks and the cops called on me.
1: That's a good one, Trevor. I like that. Thank you. That, but but last year they didn't get anybody, and they did. And there's still it, it, it's. It's certainly louder this year, but there were there was talk last year about Kentucky missing out on some people last year, and in the spring they weren't going to get anybody. And and the good the reason that it didn't turn into anything big, Trevor, is because all those guys came back. Yes, true. Now this year those guys haven't they didn't return, so national media and even some UK fans are freaking out, not knowing what's going to happen. Uh, the good news is again Kentucky's already has a, a very solid five. The worst case scenario is their bench is going to be a little short. Is so a, is this a
0: bad time to bring up still the worries of a possible Scalabba uh, in an eligibility uh, cons, uh, concern. Oh, that would that would be a, that would be terrible. Would be uh, a if, nightmare yeah, at this point, especially with the lack of depth on the front line.
1: Sure, I, I mean it would. Pro- it would. I, I Kentucky wouldn't be a national title contender at that point. I, I still think it could be a tournament team. I think it could be a team that maybe could get to the second weekend because it'd be scrappy and I, it'd be a lovable team for UK fans. But it, it certainly wouldn't be a title contending team. And, and there are going to be some more questions about that, so Kentucky fans need to prepare themselves for that as well. But a lot of these misses for John Gallipari have turned out to be a blessing in disguise one way or the other. A How lot so? of them, not all of them. Not all of them. Well,
0: show show your work example,
1: Cliff Alexander, Emmanuel Moutier. Well, yeah. Shabazz Shabazz Muhammad doesn't really turn into, to the player that a lot of people thought he was going to be in college. There, you know, some of their misses have turned out to be okay. Now there are some grade concerns with check Diallo and that's not sour grapes. That's true. I would have said that I, I'm, May, may have even said that on the radio this past week. Uh, his school kind of has a Emmanuel Moody prime prep situation, Trevor, where some colleges aren't recognizing. Did Moody go to like a fake school that Deion Sanders created just for no and that's and pre- that's, and that's prime prep prime prep. It's not a fake school, but some it wasn't accredited in parts some in, in Texas. Some of the courses weren't. So it ended up some colleges and NCAA, some, they didn't, depending on what classes you took there, they didn't accept them. Check Diallo has a similar situation going on at his school at Our Savior, New America in New York City. And that could be, it's something to watch. I I imagine everything will probably be okay there, but it's something to keep an eye on. Uh, If he ends up being ineligible, then it's, again, a blessing in disguise that Kentucky doesn't get him. But again, not sour grapes. I love Chek Diallo. He's a great, great player, and I think he's gonna have a great career, but or a great one year. Not a not, he'll have a great career in the NBA, but he'll have a great one year in college basketball. Uh shot clock looks like it's gonna move down from thirty five seconds to thirty. What's your what's your take on that quickly, Trevor? I think
0: it's it's perfect. That you don't need to have a thirty five second shot clock. In fact, I'm all for going eight seconds
1: in the backcourt rule like they do in the NBA in college. I'd be okay with that, too. I, I don't think this is going to make that big of a difference, though. I, I, I like it better than than 35-second shot clock, but those that are expecting the game to look much better are going to be, sadly, disappointed. It's not going to suddenly make
0: it an LMU, a uh, little Maramont-like offenses across the country. It's definitely not going to do that, now.
1: No, no. And, and what it's going to do, this is where it's going to have the biggest factor, is a team that Louisville and Kentucky would beat by 25, now they're going to beat by 40. So... That's going to be the biggest difference. Is You're going to have more blowouts, but I don't think it's going to change the landscape of college basketball and make the game prettier, this and that. We're go. It's time It's time to go. Our shot clock's running out, like you said, Trevor. So uh, thanks for listening. Thanks, uh, Vincent's University in Indiana, for having me, and Michael Mulder and Todd Franklin for coming on. It's been a fun show up here. Uh, it's time to get me back to Louisville to do a little bit more work. So we'll talk to you soon here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. Thanks for listening.